Welcome to the NARPM Podcast, where we bring you the most in-depth look into the property management industry. We discuss hot topics with property managers, vendors, and those that support the property management industry. The National Association of Residential Property Managers is the recognized leader in property management. Our host is Pete Newbig, co-founder of Empire Industries Property Management and co-founder and CEO of VPM Solutions, where property management meets global talent. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are that of the host and are not necessarily those of NARPM. Now, here's your host, Pete Newbig. Welcome, everybody, and thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the NARPM Radio, and really appreciate you downloading us and listening to us today. we got a great show today. We're going to talk to Pete Tverdoff. He is the founder of Tverdoff Housing, a vertically integrated real estate company that was founded back in 2017. Tverdoff Housing does brokerage, property management, and construction in central New Jersey area. So he's from Joyzee. He's one of my buds from the Northeast. To date, the property management runs a hybrid company that manages over 300 units. And we're going to talk to Pete about portfolio grading, which got me thinking of a story that I had. And and, uh, it's infamously called the purge story or famously called the purge story. When I first started Empire, just like many of you, we take... We were taking just about anything and everything we can get our hands on. Like we literally were like, uh, I don't know, again, I'll go with the Northeast theory here, but like, you know, Crazy Eddie, if you don't uh, Google him, if you don't know what Crazy Eddie is, but Crazy Eddie's going to sell you anything and everything, low prices. And so I always felt that we were like, when we first started, we were like the Crazy Eddie of property management. You have a six plex unit, we'll take it. A single family home with a tree in the middle of it, we'll take it. Like we would take anything and everything. Like we'll manage it, right? And for only $50 a month, we'll manage your your properties. We had no idea what we were doing. We hadn't found NARPM yet. And we were we were literally were clueless. And I'll tell the tree house story one day, but today the, the story is the purge story. So after about a year of trying to figure this stuff out, we finally hit NARPM and we finally realized, oh crap, we have no idea what we're doing. Um, but by that time, we had around 70 homes that we were managing. I owned 30 of them. And then we had another 40 or so that we were managing. And we ended up finally hiring a professional property manager to work with us and kind of teach us. And her name was Lisa. And Lisa was, was incredibly great, you know, great for us. She was with us for, for many years. And so Lisa started at like December 1st. And by January, like Fifth, when we come back from you know break or whatever, she sits me down and she tells me that we need to purge about half the properties that we manage. And she goes, and I would purge all thirty-one of your properties, but I know we can't do that because you own them. But we need to get rid of all these properties. And the main reason were we just had really bad properties. Like we were managing, uh, you know how we have like A properties, B properties. Well, we had like D minus properties. I don't know if there's an F, but if there was F properties, we would have them. These are properties, you know, that were in a low income area, like even section eight wouldn't take some of these properties. When you drove down there, you know, you you wouldn't send your realtor down there. Like they were just really terrible. And then on top of that, so we have really bad property on top of that though, our owners, we got them from an investment group and this investment group literally taught, told people you have to beat up on your vendors. 
And so all these people were beating us up and it would, it would teach them how to self-manage. So they were literally trying to manage the properties through us. They didn't want to spend any money. The houses were dogs. They needed money, but they, they were very, they, you know, the rents were cheap. It was just complete, terrible chaos. And I have no idea how we got through it, but I remember Lisa telling me, we got to get rid of them. And I'm like, get rid of them. She's like, yeah, we need to start, you know, managing good properties. I go good properties. I'm like, you think, I'm like, what do you mean by that? She goes, you know, properties that rent for, you know, this is back in 2012 in Houston, probably roughly like $1,500. I'm like, $1,500? People actually rent for $1,500? And she just laughed at me. So I had this mindset that no one would rent properties at $1,500 because if they bought the property, it'd be less than that. And that was my own personal mindset because my house, my my mortgage was like $1,200 and something dollars at the time. And she's like, Pete, all day long, and I'll prove it to you. And that was a major shift in our business. You know, we went from being these crazy eddies, low cost, take anything to we then pivoted. And I'll tell you, I did get rid of those. I did get rid of half my portfolio. I got rid of about uh, 20, 20, 20 doors, 20 people, doors, I guess. And believe it or not, the business somehow was able to support not me at the time, <laughs> luckily I had my wife working, but to support the, the, you know, the, ex the expenses to continuously run the business and got to give it to her. Oh, Lisa was right. And a year later, our average rent went from like around $800 to right around $1,500. And we had tons of class B properties. That was our wheelhouse. And it changed our business. I can't imagine what it would have been if I didn't make that change and bite the bullet and tear the Band-Aid off, however you want to say it, and move into, you know, better, better clientele, right? Better clientele, better houses, which need less maintenance, better clientele because the residents, you can enforce the lease. And then, you know, eventually we found, we figured out how to, you know, how to determine what owners were going to cause challenges and which ones weren't. That was still a year away for us, but at least we got the, got the houses, we were able to lease them quicker and just made life much easier for, for my staff, for me. And, you know, it really launched Empire into the next level of business. So you're going to learn a lot about portfolio grading with Peter here in this, this conversation. It's super interesting. We'll be right back after these messages and uh, we'll meet with Pete. Scaling your business means juggling many moving parts, leaving you wondering how to manage it all. How can you keep your eye on growth and streamline your operations? At RentBridge, we've created the Property Management Operating System, an ecosystem for property management marketing and process automation, where you can view and take action on the most important aspects of your operations, from sales and new owner onboarding to leasing, collections, renewals, and more. By bringing operations and marketing under one platform, you can have end-to-end -end visibility of your owners, tenants, and vendors from the first moment they interact with you, allowing you to add more doors with less effort and scale a truly profitable property management business. To learn more, visit rentbridgegroup.com today. Did you know that most tenants struggle to come up with a large sum of money needed to move into their new rental home? Let Renters Insurance Solutions help you solve this problem by giving tenants another option for security deposits. Property managers can make up to $200 per door annually with our programs. Learn more at our website, yourris.com. That's Y-O-U-R-R-I-S.com. Renters Insurance Solutions, your experts in property management and insurance. 
Welcome back, everybody. I got Peter Tverdov here out of Jersey. So for my NARPA members, we actually do have some NARPA members north of D.C. or Virginia, I guess. So, Pete, thanks so much for being here today. I really appreciate getting to talk to you. So thanks again for being here. Yeah, Pete, thanks for having me on. I'm excited to be on. All right, man. Well, I'm excited to talk to you because what got me interested in interviewing you was how you want to focus quality over quantity. And the main way you do this is what you call portfolio grading. So before we get into the hows and whys of portfolio grading, why don't you tell me a little bit why you feel it's important to focus on quality over quantity? This is the age-old debate that we have at these NARPM conferences, right? How many doors you have versus how profitable or why do you have so many doors? So tell me why you fall on the side of quality over quantity. Yeah, so there's a couple of reasons. One for me, we have a huge sign in our office that basically says time is your most valuable currency. And I'm a big, big believer in that. And I pound that into the heads of anyone who works for me. And, you know, with that being said, I want to be as efficient as possible with our portfolio. And, you know, I also, there's, like I said, a lot of things go into it. So I, you know, I want to keep my staff happy and, you know, that's a big one, right? You don't want to have a, a lot of churn because you're having them deal with crazy situations, owners, you know, residents and so forth. Yep. That's a big one. Right. And then obviously there's profitability. So I mean, I'll I'll go into detail how we break down everything, but the owners that are taking up our time, it's not that we don't want to talk to them, but it's just, we're running a business, right? So it has to be worth our time. So, you know, if there's an owner that's causing a lot of problems, that the properties are hard to rent, the tenants are difficult and we're not making money why are we even managing that property? It's, it's not worth it. So we started to do a little bit of that in 2022. And this year in 2023, we did a ton of it. Frankly, we've, we've cut probably like 10% of our portfolio and not upset about it in the least, like really happy about it. We're still growing. So it's not like we've shrunk. We're still growing, but we're definitely a lot more efficient. Having done and, and efficient means money, right? In most cases, efficiency means dollars in your pocket. A hundred percent. Yep. All right. So let's talk a little bit about this. So basically you want to keep your team, right? You don't have a lot of team churn. You want to be profitable and chaos means you don't make any money. So if you bring all these doors and you can't manage them and so there's a, and then, but you still want to grow. So it's not always quantity over quality over quantity, but there is a, you, you have a specific recipe that you're following for growth. Now, I'm sure like, like all of us, you had to grow, right? Before you could start, before you could start trimming the the bush, so to speak. So let's talk about what you did, because you just said you you churned about 10%. So let's talk a little bit about what you call it portfolio grading. So talk to us a little bit about what made you come up with this. And then let's, let's get into the details of how you do it. So if somebody else is listening, that they can actually take this and uh, have an action item when they, after they listen. I'm, I'm big fan of doing it. We do it once a year. And what we do is we sit in the meeting room and you know, both the property managers are really now, like we also have assistants because we're, we're kind of like a hybrid structure. So any property manager who talks to tenants and owners is going to be sitting in on this meeting and we grade from A to F. All right. So just curious, do you have a specific, like what time of year do you, are you doing this? Is it the end of the year type stuff typically? Like around? Yeah. Like we'll, okay. we'll do it in November of okay. this year, just because 
December. There's so much end of the year stuff. It's like spilling over into other months now. It's, it's crazy. That's actually, you know, what? that's a great point. So if you're thinking about doing an end of year grading, do it in November, not December. Because then you have also people taking vacations in December and you have a lot of end of year stuff. So, all right. Awesome. So, okay. So November, you sit down with your team, anybody who has interactions with owners and residents, it sounds like. Exactly. And so what we do is, you know, we come up with a list of the properties, you know, all the clients, whoever the property manager is, and we have an owner rating, then we have a property rating, and then we have a time rating, which I'll talk about in a minute. And each one of those we grade A to F. Okay. All right. Now, uh, no resident rating, just just owner, property, and time? Correct. Yeah. No, no, no resident rating right now. Although hey. I guess that's something we can look into. Although you got to keep in mind, I'm in New Jersey, very, very tenant-friendly state as easy to get rid of uh, as tenants as, as other states might be. So anyway, we grade them A to F. And A, like an A owner is basically, you know, they love us. They've left us a five-star review, easy to work with. They just completely trust us. A B rating, very similar. They're easy to work with. The only thing they have not done is just left us a, a five-star review. So a, uh, a is kind of a raving fan and a B is easy to work with and they like you. Maybe they've even given you good customer satisfaction surveys, but they just haven't gone public with it or haven't given exactly. you a referral. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So the, our A's and B's just completely trust us. They don't micromanage. They let us do our thing. They just trust is the biggest thing. And, you know, and, and they're, they're a pleasure to work with. C's, it's either the owner's cheap or, or a pain. And an F is the owner is cheap and a pain. In okay. So, so we'll grade all the owners. Then we'll grade all the properties. Now, just um, curious, you went from C to F, but you left out D and E. Are there any other things that make a difference between D and E versus F, or you just go A, B, C, F? We, we go A, B, C, F. Yeah, there, no D. All right, no Ds. No Ds given here. All right, everybody gets a curve. Yeah, okay. yeah, exactly. Now, let me ask you this. Now, you're asking your team, you know, you're going down through all these different owners, and you're asking them, are they, you know, an A, B, C, or F, right? Now, is there any way, now I can, you can quantify the A's if they've given you an online review, that's easy to see. But how do you quantify a C versus an F? How do you know if somebody is cheap? Do you, like, do, do you take notes throughout the year? Like, and you, you're notating in your database, like this owner refused to do X, Y, and Z. Do you have, like, maintenance, like... How do people make their cases? Is it just by feel? Like, is there any data that, that goes into this? Yeah, I'd say it's, it's just by experience because, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll have discussions about it. Because the good thing with us is, like I said, we're hybrid structure. So we do what I call like a, a sandwich management. So we basically have a senior property manager and then an assistant property manager. So there's always two people manage, managing a portion of the portfolio. So we're going to get input from two people and then plus like I'll give input based on what I've seen throughout okay. the year. When but, you say um, somebody's name and only half the team groans, it's a C. When you say somebody's name and all the team groans, it's an F. Is that kind of, <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I, I tease, but. <laughs> no, I, honestly though, like the F's, like the F's make themselves F's. The F's are the clients who like, when they call, you're like, Ugh. my stomach like, hurts. Not, yeah. Yeah. Like you're like, Oh God. Like you're constantly walking on eggshells. Like, we don't want or need clients like that. Like we, and when you're a good property manager, you, you do a great job. You make your clients a lot of money. It's a thankless job. So I like to tell our clients, like we all need to be, you know, rowing the boat in the same direction. I can't have you fighting against the current. So 
That, yeah, I like. I used to tell my my owner clients when I was onboarding them, when I was doing it personally, I would tell them there can only be one manager, right? So it's going to be me or you. Which one do you want it to be? So, but your team basically they they're on the front lines. You don't know who an, a C or an F is, right? Like you're you're kind of ev- elevated now. So if you're listening to this and you're the owner of a of a company, you're not managing properties anymore. The team is the one you have to really rely on, and that's that's really in your case. Is that correct? That's very true. So I'll give you a quick story. So we had a client I wanted to fire a year ago and like out of the blue, I just like sent them an email and like in a nutshell, I was like, you're fired. Like we're given 30 days notice. And they called me up like, and before they called me up, my property manager was so happy. Like I had made his day. He was ecstatic. And, you know, then the client called me up and like begged to stay and like, you know, I promise I'll change and blah, 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 blah. It's like, typical romance story <laughs> and it changed for a little bit and then in 2023 they went back to their old habits and you know long story short we parted ways this year and my one property manager was so darn happy about it and made me realize I'm like you know I, I gotta listen to to my staff like they're you know they're the boots on the ground like I have yeah. to I have to really trust them so if you're like Pete this this property is not a good property or this client's going to be a problem you have to trust your staff enough to say, okay, you know what? You're right. Like, let's get rid of them now if we can, or if not, let's bring on new doors. And as soon as we do get rid of this, this portfolio. All right. So that, so that's how you do your, your owners, right? So you're leaning heavily on experience with the team and then they're grading their owners. Now let's talk, you talked about properties next. So let's talk a little bit about how you grade properties. Yeah. So with, with properties, Again, like a like an A or a B property is just it's something like we would want to show in pictures to people like, hey, like you, you, this is one of our nicer properties. This is like a gold standard property. You know, that's like what an A and a B is. Then a C is just, you know, it's like an average rental. It's it's not good. It's not bad. It's just, you know, it's just average. <clears throat> and then the F is just the ones that are embarrassing to show. Or now, now at this point, we'll get feedback from our leasing agents because we'll know properties that take a long time to to get filled. That, that and, was my question. Okay. Yep. You know, and then like, we'll know, like we can't fill this because the place is a wreck. The place needs to be updated. And, you know, we've done a pretty good job convincing owners to, to upgrade their units when they become vacant. You know, and some are more willing to do that than others. But after a while, we tell the owner, like, you know, Mr. Or Mrs. Owner, this is taking us forever to rent. It's not in your best interest to, to keep it the way it is because you're not getting maximum rent. If you let us do what we can do. We'll get you max rent. It'll be a, it'll be a, a better rental, a safer place. So that's, you know, th- so it's not, it's not just based on like on area. Like if you have nicer areas, typically you're going to have your A and B's in those nicer areas, but you could have a C because it might be a property that's not upgraded and the owner's unwilling to upgrade it. Is that kind of, is that right? Or yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, so there's yeah. kind of there's kind of like rules that can tell you if it's an A, B, or, or C, I'm guessing, right? Like a, based on rent amount, I guess, would also be an indicator if it's an A, B, or C. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So like an A is like top line rent, places just beautiful, beautiful property. Yeah, it gives you a different B, it gives you different challenges, right? The the resident wants everything done. It's like almost like concierge type management. The B's are kind of your three bedroom, two bath house in a in a in a good school district. 
C's are going to be your working class folks, right? And then tell me what a D is to you, because I have I have what a D is to me. <laughs> They're just embarrassing. Like I don't I don't want our name. <laughs> we buy ugly houses, guys. Like <laughs> yeah. Well, so the one thing that our management company does it depends on the town. We put our management sign on the property, or like we'll put it in the lawn or in some areas because the area is not great. We'll drill it into the side. Of it. If, you, want, if your leasing agent needs a, a flag jacket and a gun, it might be a D, right? We, we <laughs> yeah. We, yeah. We, I mean, we have some of those like where we, where we, and that's kind of why we, we cut. That's a great example. Cause you know, we're sitting there talking and we're like, wow, we don't feel comfortable with them making up a name here. Sally going to this property at night to show it. Yep. That, that really is it. That right there, what you just said, is the thing that we used to talk about all the time in Empire. Can one of our female agents go to the property at dark? And if the answer was no, we, we couldn't take it anymore. We took them to grow the business at one point, you know, but we could no longer take those properties. So I get it now. Okay, so you're, you're, you got your A, B, A through, I guess, is there F properties too? Like, Well, yeah, again, like it's, it's the, the grading scale is like A, A, B, C, F. ABCF. Okay. Yep. ABCF. Yeah. I'm using D, but actually in this yeah, case so, it'd be F. Yeah. Got so it. like, okay. Yeah. Like C, you know, C would be like, it, it needs updating, but it's livable. F is just, it's embarrassing. Like yep. it's, you know, and, and they still rent sometimes, but it's just completely embarrassing. Or I, uh, so like, so I'm thinking of F properties that I used to manage back in the day, right? It's a bad area. It's unsafe. It's, you can't, you, the lease, the lease is uh, just, it's just a piece of paper to, to the potential residents that are going to move in there. Or you can't lease the property. It's functionally obsolete, right? Here in Houston, we, we cannot rent one-bedroom condos. Like, they're really difficult to rent. So those would, for us, those would be D properties. For you, they might be A's or B's, depending on where they're located, right? So, uh, so those are all the, 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 the considerations that your folks would take in when they grade those properties then. Yeah. And the other thing I would add, Pete, is what's nice is we'll get feedback from our vendors who also go to these properties. That is brilliant. Because they'll they'll come in and they'll be like, guys, that place is a disaster. And like, they don't always say that. So when they say it, we're like, wow, okay, like, we really need to put, you know, more focus and attention on this. Do you also look at the number of maintenance requests that came in from from a property to determine what the what the rating would be? No, like, I'll give you an example. Yeah, I had one property, 52 work orders in 52 weeks. That to me would dude, be a D. <laughs> yeah, we, we have an A, well, we have an A or B property. I would call it an A. The tenant moved in and I think they submitted like 17 work orders in 10 days. And I sent them an email like ripping them. I was like, what's wrong with you? Like, that's ridiculous. So like, you, I, would, I wouldn't grade it on that because tenants, right. you guys know, tenants can be crazy. No, not our tenants. <laughs> All right. So anything else to add on the, on the property side before we get to the time side, which is, this is the real one that's inter- that I'm real interested in because I didn't do time. So anything else that we need to discuss here? So I got the, I got the owners. I got the, uh, I got the property. No, let's do time. All right. So, so tell me, I'm like, this is, I'm like, I'm on the edge of my seat here. So tell me about the, the time, the time deal. So one of, one of my property managers, Andrew, he's like my number two guy. I kind of like, you know, number two from Austin Powers. <laughs> so he, he came up with this and it was, it was brilliant because he was like, you know, we were grading in the beginning. He's like, Pete, you're not talking about time value. I was like, I was like, shoot, you're right. So again, we do it A, B, C, and F. Basically the way we graded it is in 
if we grade the time rating of this property as an A, that means we forget we even manage it. Okay. Okay. A B means like it needs our attention periodically. You know, sometimes a work order comes in every now and then. C, we're constantly talking to the owner about repairs. And we're, con we're constantly having to make phone calls with the owner on repairs. And then, <clears throat> and then F is the property has now become a noticeable amount of our time. Like it, it, we, we've spent a lot, like we noticed like how much time we spend on these properties. And I have a couple in our head that like immediately like come to the, you know, come to mind. So that's so, how, that's so when you're looking at this, up. so there's no like punch and clock punch out. So when I, when I sold my, my business to mind, they were trying to figure out the, how to actually, you know, get the amount of time it took for every property. And they're like, like punching in, punching out. It, and it's almost impossible to do. So your, your team, again, you have to lean on your team here. I'm, I'm guessing, obviously you can run a, a work order report, which is going to be ver very helpful yep. uh, on this, right? Now, are there any anything else that that you can that tell like that takes up time, right? So we know work orders, maybe properties turning too often. There's an eviction going on. What else? What else is is taking time that your people are like? My goodness, this takes time all the time. I mean, the big thing is the condition of the property. That's why we go back to the property mm -hmm. rating. Like the properties that are rated, you know, F or C. The time is also usually rated F or C. Got it. It's, yep. The, the owner might be an A, but the but the time and he, the and the yes. property. Okay. Yeah, you, you're not going to have a crummy property not have problems. Right. Okay. So I got to ask you this a little bit off base, but do you guys have a ticketing system other than work orders? And you create a work order for maintenance. Do you guys have a ticketing system for like lease renewals and things of that nature? Like we used to use HubSpot. There's there's other there's other softwares out there that at least tells you how many tickets came in, not just maintenance, but for the whole property. Anything like that? Oh, I see. That's interesting. No, we, we don't have anything like that. I mean, we have okay. you know processes and procedures in place, but no yeah. ticketing system. Okay. Yeah, I think like Zendesk is uh, is is one of one of the ones that people use, and I'm sure people listening right now are like this, and they're yelling at me at the radio right now, telling me what other softwares are out there. I'm a big fan, and I think one day I'm gonna actually do a, a whole, a whole podcast on on ticketing versus like everything in your in your email box. All right, so because the ticketing would literally help with all of this, right? Because you can see all the tickets for all the different properties or the owners or whatever. All right, so now you have your 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 owner, your time, and your property. Now tell me, obviously, if I have F's across the board, that person's gone. I'm guessing. Yeah. So what, what we've done is when we get something like that and I realize like we got to pull the plug, we'll email them and say, Hey, listen, whatever I come up with, you got two options. Number one, you could make all these repairs that we've been recommending that you don't want to do, or you could sell the property and we could help you sell it. You know, I am, I am also a broker and I sell a lot of investment property, but we cannot continue to manage it. It just does not fit with our, you know, with what we're looking to do in the future. I, I don't like to say like, yeah, oh, your property's a piece of crap. I hate you. Like that's, you know, that's dumb. But um, I mean, you're in Jersey, so you could probably get away with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're definitely very direct up here. I will say that. All um, right. So, so if there's F's across the board, I like that. So you, you're trying to get the sale, 
Like, hey, let us find you something better. It's not you. It's your property. It's 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 not you, Mister Owner. Even though you were an F two, but it's it's your properties, right? So we're yeah, trying to get this out. Great, a great story of this. So two years ago, we had this is the I think twenty twenty one was the first year we did it. F's across the board. I emailed the owner. They're like, all right, let's sell it. They would not listen to me to to upgrade their property. <laughs> so we I, we listed for like half a million dollars. It sells for four eighty eight. I wound up selling it and representing the buyer. So I got both sides of the transaction as a broker. That's a win. The, bu the buyer client listened to every single thing I told him to do with the property. Okay. Yep. A year late, he spent, I think maybe 20, maybe 25,000. I doubt it. I think he spent $20,000, right? Okay. To do the math, 48 plus 20. A year later, it appraises for 600 and the rent increased like 1200 a month. Wow. So you basically took a, a, a F property across the board and you turned it into basically an A and maybe a B, a, a, a owner, B property and an A in time. Yes. And so that's when I realized like, those are the clients I want because they listen to me and then they, they see like, oh crap, like Tavertov is right. Like they, everything they told us that was going to happen happens. Like those are the people I want to work with. I don't want to be fighting with them. Or, or worse yet, with these F owners, they basically treat you like a puppet. So they micromanage. Like we've had, we had an F owner earlier this year ask us to negotiate with the state inspector about like what repairs needed to be made. I said, dude, there's no negotiation. Like negotiate with the state nod. inspector. Yes, I was like, no, no, no. Like you smile and nod. And when he, when he told me that, we we met as a team. I was like, we got to get rid of this guy. Yeah, he's he's like, he's a lawsuit waiting to happen. So, yep. well, Peter, do you prescribe to there are no bad properties, only bad owners? No. Okay, tell me, tell me what, what, what first came in your mind when, when I said that. What first came into my mind is one of my clients who I'm selling his whole portfolio, he's an F, is begging me to sell a property right now, begging me, and I won't take the listing. It's boarded up, and right next door, they're dealing drugs. I don't know how the heck that property is going to sell. So yeah. I could buy that property and I go above and beyond with my personal properties. And that's always going to yeah. be a house. Yeah. So Liz Clayman, who's incoming NARPM president, I think she's NARPM president this year. I, I forget. Sorry, Liz. But she, she said to me, she goes, she goes, there's no bad properties, only bad owners. And I said, man, you've never been in the fifth ward in Houston, Texas, because I can promise <laughs> you there's some bad properties there <laughs> that I wouldn't take best owners in the world. <laughs> I'm like, listen, if I got to go in there with my AK and my nine mil strapped and, and you know, and, and have some cover, <laughs> I'm like, that's a, that's a property I'm not going to take. So I, I just yeah. laughing. All right. So now what happens if you have 12% of your company is F's across the board or a couple of C's and a couple of F's and, and like the team really wants to get rid of a big amount of your, of your portfolio. Do you cap it? I, so I think that's, that's tough. It's easier said than done. You know, there's obviously different theories on this. I think what you have to do, number one, is you have to tell your, your sales team, your BDM, if you have one, or if you're the BDM, you have to raise your standards and say, Hey, like we're not taking garbage in. And what we do is like, we'll get, we'll get like some F's or C's and we tell the owner, like we're not managing it like this. And we also have a construction arm where we'll say, Hey, listen, we could, we could do whatever you want to this property. We could do new construction for crying out loud, but like we could gut it. We could do kitchens, bathrooms, whatever, but we can't take it like this. And we've gotten some clients where they're like, okay, can you paint it? Can you do kitchens? You know, no problem. 
So I think it starts there. It's like what, what type of property you're bringing in. Cause you, you never, you don't know what type of owner you're bringing in. They, they'll, you know, be sweet to you and yeah, no problem. And then you don't, you don't know. What yeah. To do I think it. there's some, I think there are some red flags. Of course they're, they're, they're just something that you have to really have a, a sharp ear or eye for when you're bringing an owner, right? Again, the, the guy who doesn't want to change locks and it's the law. Right. Like that might be that might be a red flag. The guy who want, doesn't want to put utilities in his name, even though he just bought the property and he's forcing you to do it. The guy who wants three three thousand dollars in rent, even though the CMAs are twenty three hundred. So I think there's I think there's some telltale signs. How do you deal with that? Because your BDM obviously, you know, or you or the of the owner of the company wants to bring in more properties or the BDM gets paid on bringing in more properties. How do you kind of soften that blow between sales and operations, right? Because ops, you you don't want ops to deal with all bad properties, and but you also need a couple of wins for your for your sales team. Do you have specific guidelines on what type of property you'll take? Yeah, I mean it's through training with our BDM. Like they they've gotten a lot better with with knowing like what kind of property you know we want to bring on. You know, because it's it's a reflection on them too. If like they bring on a property and three months later we're we're wanting to cut it. You know, so if they're unsure sometimes, you know, they'll, they'll reach out to me. Do you but, pull the um, commission if you cut it within three months? Come on, you're from Jersey. Of course you do. Yeah. You take I mean, them out back and you say, hey, 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 bada, bada bing. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to take your commission back. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we haven't really had anything happen like that yet. Thank God. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a fine line to, you know, to, to walk for sure. Yeah. So your salespeople then, are they in these meetings? Do you bring, do you bring the salespeople and the BDMs in the, in the meetings at the end of the year too? So they get an understanding of what, of what a, a bad property looks like and a bad owner or, or now you're going to start doing it. Cause I just brought it to your attention. We do now. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I'm with you, man. When I was growing my business, I would take, you know, my, my business partner was in sales. I was the operations guy. He's like 6'4", 240. Like, I wasn't going to wrestle him. So, like, you know, like, I had to, like, acquiesce sometimes. Uh, or I was going to, cha- cha- you know, I was going to do maybe a, a running race. Like, well, well, hey, well, let's race for this one. We'll arm wrestle for the last one, and he wins that one all the time. We'll, we'll, we'll do a 50-meter race, and I'll typically win that one. It became, a cha- it became a big problem for us because sales just wanted to get the yes, and they would just bring all over properties that my team just did not want to manage. And we actually had to create a, a, like, here's the list of properties that are, are yeses, that are nos, and everything is gray. Then the sales manager and the operation manager, which ended up being the two owners until we actually got managers in place, we would have to like, you know, determine why we would take it or not take it. And it, it was, it was always a challenge, especially on those ones that are gray, you know? Yeah. Yep. For sure. All right, man. So you cut 10% of your portfolio one year. Is that correct? Yep. If somebody's listening to this and they, they do this, what, what are your recommendations? Is 10 too much? Did, did you, did, were you able to handle it at, at your level? You have about 300 and something doors at the time. So you cut 30 yep. properties basically around that time. Yeah. It's but, a lot uh, of income. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, so the other thing I didn't get to touch on is we also break down the revenue per unit and we so we also manage student rentals and that kind of skews our revenue per unit so we broke down what's our revenue per unit with student rentals and what is it with non-student rentals and then we had those two averages 
And then I was looking for like all the properties that are under those averages. Okay, well, how can we bring them up? And then it was, oh yeah, that lady doesn't like to fix anything. Yeah, that guy always claims he doesn't have money. So, you know, I was like, these are these are pigs. So just for sake of argument, I can manage 10 doors and make $100 per door, which sucks, right? Or you can manage, I'm making up a number, two doors for $500 per door. Right. So what I, what I realized is like, if we could target different owners where we're making the same exact amount of money for, for less door count, less oversight, that's, that's huge. That's a huge win for, for operations, for everything. Now we're more efficient, we're more profitable. So that's another way we kind of, you know, peeled everything back. So that, that's why I'm, I'm all about being as efficient as I can with our portfolio, because like, you're right in the industry, that's just how people, like, you don't go up to someone's like, Hey, what's your revenue per unit? You say, Hey, what's your door count? So I'm not impressed when people are like, Oh, I have a thousand doors. I, I spoke with somebody the other day. They were like, they were like, yeah, I got this 150 door portfolio. I'm making $6,500 a month. I was like doing the math. I was like, that's terrible. I would never do that. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I, you know, it's funny when people say, you know, well, how, what's your door count? They obviously they're trying to like, see how big you are. What I, what the only reason why I look at door count is to know what do your operations look like? Right. Like, cause my operations at 300 units looked a lot different than when I was at a hundred units and it looked a lot different yeah, when I was sure. at a thousand units. Right. So if, if I'm asking what your door count is, I, I'm, I'm the revenue profitability that's not really actually connected to your actual door count because you could have a lot of doors and make less money. Matter of fact, I actually did that. I had more doors and made less money. When I, when I had less doors, I was actually more profitable. All right. So I, I was actually one of those guys that, that, that actually did that. But from a operational point of view, it's really fascinating to see, you know, what people are doing at specific sizes, what the org structure looks like, what the automation looks like, what, you know, what they're paying people and all that good stuff. Yep. So, I love it, man. Well, listen, I appreciate it. We are going to hit a break here and then we're going to come back for the lightning round. Peter, are you ready for the lightning round? I'm ready. All right, man. Let's, uh, let's take a quick break. Uh, I could literally talk to you all day about this stuff, but we're, we're up against it. So let's take a quick break and then we'll come back for the, the lightning round. Here we go. Create the best moving experience for your resident or homeowner. Citizen Home Solutions is a utility concierge service designed to assist with services needing activation prior to moving into a new home. Our experienced team will help eliminate the stress of setting up services. No more calling a long list of service providers to get everything connected and ready for move-in day. Your client will value the white glove service provided on your behalf. True, Citizen Home Solutions assist with utilities, but more importantly, we create an experience that your client will appreciate and love. Our service is free and offers you a revenue share program. Want to know more? Visit pmcpartner.com. Have you ever considered hiring a property management virtual assistant but didn't know where to start? Or have you tried hiring a virtual assistant but you weren't satisfied with the number of qualified applicants? If so, VPM Solutions is here to help. VPM is the world's first virtual talent marketplace dedicated specifically to property management and real estate. We have thousands of talented virtual assistants ready to work for you, including assistance for accounting, leasing, maintenance coordination, rent collections, and much more. With VPM, you can post jobs, screen candidates, hire and pay your virtual assistants, all from within our state-of-the-art platform. VPM is the easy button for hiring and managing your virtual team. 
And the best part? VPM Solutions is 100% free to employers. That's right, free. No placement fees, no employer markups, and no hidden charges. With VPM, property managers get the talent they need while reducing costs and improving customer service. Visit vpmsolutions.com and create your free account today. PestShare, a pest control amenity for your resident benefits program, starting at just $5 per door. You can give your residents the pest control coverage they need. PestShare will even pay for the expensive infestations like bedbugs and cockroaches. End the debate over who pays for pest control, while PestShare turns an expense into added revenue. For more information, check out their website at pestshare.com forward slash property managers. All right, everybody, welcome back. We got Peter at a joysy in the, in the hot seat for the lightning round. All right, man, you ready? I'm ready. All right, what PM software do you use? Appfolio. What is your current org structure? Hybrid. Do you use virtual assistants? Yes. Do you have BDMs? Yes. What is one piece of advice you'd give someone just starting out in the PM business? Ooh, you got to work your ass off to grow, period. Grow. Okay, you're from Jersey, so you better get this one right. Does pineapple belong on pizza? Pete, I am so sorry to disappoint you, but my wife and I ordered it every Friday for about 18 months, so I'm going to have to say yes. Oh, my God. Oh, it, hurts my, it just hurts my soul. What was your first job? So before I did this, I worked uh, in investment banking in Wall Street for like 11 years. First job, I guess, was with my dad. He used to be a landscape contractor when I was a kid. Oh, wow. That's cool. Well, probably not for you with your dad being no. the boss. <laughs> What is something most people don't know about you other than you being an investment banker? The last three years, I have seriously learned a lot of Spanish from watching telenovelas on Netflix with my wife. True story. Really? Yep. Uh, you know, it's funny. I, I actually want to learn more Spanish. So that's the, is that it? That's the deal? Bro, I, first of all, the shows are so much better than American TV. I really don't watch American TV anymore. And just, you put on the subtitles, you will learn a, a metric ton of Spanish, I promise. All right, man, I'm in, I'm all in on that. Okay, let's see. What book are you currently reading or what is one that's impacted your business or life? The book that's most recently impacted my business is The Pumpkin Plan. I forget the author, but it, it basically relates to the topic we're discussing today. In a nutshell, he researched how people grow these Guinness Book World Record pumpkins. And it's kind of, what we're talking about with killing your, you know, cutting the weeds and feeding like the good owners and the, the people who want to grow and do things the right way. Excellent book for business. And then the one I'm reading right now is called Globe Kids, which for any parent, I suggest you read it. It's basically about how bad smartphones and tablets are melting the minds of young kids. It's a very interesting book. Scary. Uh, what is one challenge you're currently facing in your business? Growth. Yeah. We, we want to grow and, you know, we want to do it the right way. So it's been hard to, it's not been hard to bring in new doors. It's been hard to bring in the right doors to make sure, you know, we're not turning around and dumping them in six months. Yeah. What do you prefer dogs or cats? I mean, if you're eating pineapple on your pizza, you're probably a cat guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cats. <laughs> oh man. Thanks so much for being here, Pete. If somebody wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way to get in touch with you? 
very active on Instagram. Pete does real estate. I post on there like a couple times a week. That's the best way to hit me up. I'm more than happy to chat with people. All right. And if you are, if you're listening to this and you're not part of NARPM, I don't understand why you are not a member yet. So please go to NARPM, N-A-R-P-M dot O-R-G or give them a call at 800-782-3452. And if you are being, if you're stressed in your business, you need to grow, you're doing, you have too many hats and your, your payroll is too high. You might need a VA Give us a shot, vpmsolutions.com. We are the only online platform that is free and is dedicated to the property management industry. All right, everybody, have a great uh, great day, and we'll see you next time. This has been a production of the National Association of Residential Property Managers, the recognized leader in property management, along with your host, Pete Newbig, CEO of VPM Solutions, where property management meets global talent. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are that of the host and are not necessarily those of NARPM. If you have a hot topic you'd like discussed on the podcast, please email us at radio at narpum.org.